Hello, and welcome to Soul of Wit, Nebraska Shakespeare's brief interview series with artists from Shakespeare on the Green. Hello, I am sitting on the floor of the CEC uh, on UNO campus interviewing Anna Jordan. Uh, can you start by telling us what you did with us this summer and what you're going to be doing with us this fall? Yes, of course. Uh, this summer I played Diana Capulet in the all-female All's Well That Ends Well, <laughs> and I was the co-camp Shakespeare co-director. Camp Shakespeare co-director. Yeah. There we go. Yep. <laughs> That's a lot of titles. <laughs> yep. And uh, this fall I will be on the Othello uh, educational tour. Yes. Who are you playing this fall? Rodriga and Bianca. Mm. Tell me what you're working on now and why we are sitting on the floor of the CEC. <laughs> I am currently uh, directing my own adaptation of A Midsummer Night's Dream uh, entitled Darkness Like a Dream mm. for the first ever Omaha Fringe Festival. Nice. Uh, you know five things so I don't need to explain it to you. Uh, I will give you a warm-up. Cool. Uh, five things we need to know about you before we listen to this interview. Uh, I'm really tired. One, I'm on my second cup of coffee for the day. Two, I'm really sweaty because it's really awful in Omaha right now. Three, uh, I have a sunburn. Four, I am about to do a run of our show and Sarah's gonna watch and I'm a little nervous about it. But five, yes, five things. Five things, five things, five things, five things. Second cup of coffee, what is your coffee order? Like, what's your go-to? You know, it has changed very drastically over the last few months. Mm -hmm. I used to be a coconut milk latte kind of person, mm -hmm. which I still am, but uh, when I started, when I ended my day job not too long ago, I stopped going to Starbucks. <laughs> so now I make coffee, and so it's like, it's like a drip. Uh, uh, pour over Chemex black coffee with a little bit of a nut pod in there. So uh, coconut milks a and nut pod. Nut what pod. The heck's a nut pod? Sounds horrible. It does, <laughs> but it is. Uh, it's a non-dairy creamer that is uh, coconut and almond milk based. Hmm. It's very good. Interesting. Mm -hmm. First question, which is good because you just said that you're tired, so mm -hmm. you can uh, lead into this. Good segue. Okay. Rehearse. Repair. Repeat five things you do to repair after a difficult rehearsal. I honestly look at my phone and just scroll. <laughs> One. Uh, take a bath sometimes. Two. Um, I down so much LaCroix. <laughs> Three. Um, I go to bed. Four. I, I listen to music. Five. Five, five things. things. Five things, five things, five things, five things. What flavor of LaCroix? Coconut. Mm, coconut's, coconut's the good. number one. Yeah, I like coconut. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Most people don't. Uh, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of like the super fruity flavors, like mm -hmm. the real citrusy Me too. stuff. Me too. Yeah, so coconut's pretty good. It's it's like coconut is number one, and mango is number two, mm -hmm. and the I'm gonna butcher this. The pomple mousse, I know what I, you're know. I know what you're talking about. The grapefruit yes. one. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, music. What kind of music do you listen to? Very like indie folksy stuff right now. It's Lord Huron is my number one. Mm. Tallest man on earth is also my number one. I love him so much. <laughs> I've seen him three times in the front row every time. Mm. It's my fave. Check him out. Next question. Five books that have changed you as an artist. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, to Kill a Mockingbird. One. Uh, Hamlet. Two. These are all going to be Shakespeare. That's okay. um, I have 
a book that I was given to by a friend for Christmas. It was 800 letters of women Ooh. over like the course of history. Nice. Three. Yeah. Three. Uh, the Hobbit. Four. Honestly, Midsummer Night's Dream. Five. Five things. Five things. Five things. Five things. Five things. Uh, to Kill a Mockingbird has been across like almost every single person has said To Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird and Harry Potter have been like real big ones. Yeah, I almost said Harry Potter, but I I didn't. <laughs> Such cool a great story. Yes, that was great. Please expand on that. Um, uh, Hamlet. Midsummer, of course, you're working on Midsummer. It's always whatever play you're working on tends to be your most favorite one. But why Hamlet? Um, Hamlet has actually always been my favorite Shakespeare play. Mm. Um, when I was in high school, I did a production of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are Dead. Mm -hmm. And the same semester, I was reading Hamlet in my AP Lit class. Oh, that's cool. And when you're a senior in high school, it's that's one of the most trying times. Mm -hmm. And it was just really informative. And I loved, I, my AP Lit teacher was very Hamlet. I, I got, I've gotten to do the, the What a Piece of Work is Man speech a few times. And I quoted that in my high school commencement speech, of like a did. dork. Um, so it's always been up there. But um, yeah, for, if I may, uh, for Midsummer, mm -hmm. it was actually one of the first ballet productions I ever did hmm. as a child, um, outside of The Nutcracker. But like, it was the sh first Shakespeare play I was ever uh, uh, exposed, exposed to. to. Yeah, it's mine too. Really? Like in third grade, I went to some touring production of Midsummer. I remember nothing except for Puck, and I thought Puck was really cool. I love that. And I didn't understand what was going on. It could have been a good show, could have been a bad show, I have no idea. But that totally. was the very first one. Uh, I hate Hamlet. I oh, know. oh God, I've said it out loud. I, I might cut that out, but maybe <laughs> not. I struggle with that play so much. Mm -hmm. uh, I fully understand and recognize and respect that it is probably, yes, it is probably the best written play in the English language. Like, I understand that. Oh, I just have a hard time hooking into anyone in that play. We did it on tour a couple of years ago, um, and I got to play Horatio, and I think that's the closest I got to be to loving the play because you have to, as Horatio, you have to love Hamlet. Mm -hmm. You have to like totally buy in and understand and be next to this person through the whole thing. And so I think that's the closest I got to. And then that show ended and I was like, eh, now I kind of hate it again. Aww. So, okay. Uh, next question. Five snacks you wish I would have provided for you for this interview. Anything that you have baked. One. LaCroix. Two. Vegetables. Three. Uh, the soba noodles that I gave you the recipe for. Yes, four. Cone flour. Five. Five things. Five things, five things, five things, five things. You said vegetables with such a pained face. Do you need vegetables? Do you miss vegetables? What What was, why Why the pained face? I need them and miss them. So yes, you, you're right on the money with that. You're not getting enough vegetables. I don't think so. Because of your schedule right now. Yes, I have not gotten enough vegetables because my schedule while being wide open is still um, very busy. Chaotic. Um, chaotic, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a salad today at mm. Fresh Time. Nice. It, was, it wasn't vegan, but it was all vegetarian, and nice. I was very proud of myself. Mm -hmm. It was very good. It's amazing what a salad can do for you. Yeah. I like, I just need some vegetables. Yes. And then everything gets better. Everything gets mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I drank some celery juice this morning. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why? I, well, my... Just like the juice of a celery? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have so many questions. Uh, so celery itself 
has like no calories, like very low nutritional value, mm -hmm. except it's high in fiber, I think. Mm -hmm. So if you juice it, then you take the fiber out. Why are you drinking celery juice? You know, what is the good, the good part of celery juice that I don't know about? My mom told me. Mm -hmm. I believe her. And I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fantastic. Okay, next I like question. it, I like it. Ah, this is gonna be a toughie. Okay. Okay. Five things that you have learned during this process with Midsummer. Directing is hard. One. Adapting Shakespeare is hard. <laughs> Two. Adapting Shakespeare is fun. Three. When you have a great cast, it is so easy. Four. Shakespeare completely elevates whatever concept you put on it. Five. Five things. Five things, five things, five things, five things. Directing is hard. I concur. <laughs> Why do you think directing is hard? Um, because it's, uh, it's, it's handling like all of the things, like everyone, everyone defaults to you mm -hmm. for everything. Mm -hmm. All of the artistic choices are your decision. And I don't think I was prepared for that. Hmm. I had an idea of like set, cool, cast, great, costume sort of, plot, yes. Um, but like things specific to, well, do you want a music moment here? How long does it last? Okay. But like, what is it? And I have to make that choice because yeah. it's ultimately, as director, like that's what you do. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I was ready for that part of it. Mm. And also, there's a part of me that um, doesn't really like being the authority figure. Sure. And and I don't like telling my friends what to do. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I'm reading right now my life in a Shakespeare cult. That might not be the full title or the correct title, um, but is it is the, the backroom Shakespeare book. Yes. Um, and so one of their rules is there is no director. And so one of the chapters is talking about the fact that when Shakespeare was writing these plays, directors didn't exist. And the um, availability that it gives to actors, because there isn't anyone, like you look to the director and no one's there and you're like, well, okay, I guess I have to come up with it. Uh, it'd be a really interesting experiment. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. honestly, that's kind of, well, it's not really, but it's kind of like the backyard bard thing that a lot of these cast people totally. have done where we just mm -hmm. open a play and we just read it. Mm -hmm. um, it's more than that, but, but yeah, it's very much like, you know, there's no one in charge. There's no one giving you choices that you have to make or, or giving you things, prescribing things for you to do, and it's very organic, and I, I like that. And mm -hmm. I, I, I have, I hope I've cultivated a space where, where that kind of energy is is more useful than looking to the director and like, okay, great, that's, mm -hmm. I. But also, we're not training, we're not training actors to be able to do that. Right. All of these training programs, we're training them and training them within productions that have directors and in classrooms where there is somebody who's leading them through everything. So we're not giving actors the tools to be able to be in a room like that, and mm -hmm. I think Right now, unless those actors are trained with those tools, it would be chaos and they would be paralyzed because they don't have somebody telling them from the outside. And we've been told that outside eye is very important and I think in some ways it is, but um, we, have, uh, we don't have that skill set to be able to make the decisions ourselves mm -hmm. or with one another like in the moment. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That's, 
why I think I am so grateful for the mentors and opportunities that I personally have had because I think the people that I've learned from have really cultivated those kind of mm-hmm. spaces yeah. and that's the kind of room I always want to be in. Nice. Final question. Uh, so you have taken a Midsummer Night's Dream and you have given it a different title, Darkness Like a Dream. What are five alternate titles that could be given to Shakespeare plays? You don't have to tell us what plays they are, but just the alternate titles. <laughs> um, uh, a Bisexual Nightmare. One. Uh, Scar's Lament. Two. Romeo and Ethel the Pirate's Daughter. Three. <laughs> um, uh, a Midsummer's Nightmare. Four. Hamnet. Five. Five things. Five things. Five things. Five things. Five things. I'm going to call out some of your scholarship here. Why Hamnet and not Hamlet? Uh, it's the name of Shakespeare's uh, son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What happened to that son? He died. He did. He died. And then Shakespeare wrote a play. About someone who dies. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sad. Uh, interestingly, he wrote King John immediately after Hamnet died. And, and so Arthur oh. and the Constance, like, grief yeah. speech. Uh, and, like, being able to, like, the fact that she talks about seeing her son everywhere. Mm. Uh, yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. He wrote that, of course, right after he lost his child. What, bisexual, what was it? Bisexual nightmare? Yep. <laughs> this is... Midsummer, mm-hmm. bisexual nightmare, mm-hmm. an alternate title mm-hmm. for Midsummer. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, uh, Romeo and Ethel the pirate. Yeah, I have to. I, I I didn't make that one up. That's just from Shakespeare in Love. <laughs> oh, of course. Oh, of course it is. Of course it is. Awesome. I just I, when I was when I was in like high school, I had the weirdest sense of humor. Probably wasn't that weird, but like you still have weird sense of humor. Thank it's a you. good weird sense of humor. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I my um my alter ego's name was Ethel. Hmm. Yeah. I, I like it because it's like an old lady name, but it's like a spunky old lady name. Right. Okay, I've got an extra one. Bonus. Bonus five things. Five alternate names that you could have been named. Well, Ethel. One. <laughs> um, I literally was going to be named Charlie if I was a boy, but then I was a girl, and then my younger cousin, who was born right after me, uh, is Charlie. Two. Uh... Sally is Three. what my mother was going to name my older sister, mm-hmm. which is precious. Um, Catherine, four. Uh, Imogen, nice. Five things. Five things, five things, five things, five things. It's so interesting to me how names are so meaningful. Mm-hmm. Like, as you were naming all of those names, I was like, nah, that doesn't fit. Sally, that'd be weird. Oh my gosh, it'd like, be so weird. It's so interesting how our names are so impactful to who we are. Mm-hmm. Hey, Anna, thank you so much for uh, doing this interview. And if you would like to tell us where we can catch Darkness Like a Dream, now is the time. Yes, um, cool. So Darkness Like a Dream is playing in the Omaha Fringe Festival uh, July 25th, 26th, and 27th at the UNO uh, Weber Fine Arts Building Black Box. Uh, the times are a little, uh, 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 they're, they're staggered. Uh, so Thursday is the 25th at 7 p.m. Friday the 26th is at 7.30 p.m. Saturday the 27th is at 9 p.m. Awesome. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Sarah. You're one of my favorite people. You're one of my favorite people. Okay. That's a great idea, by the way. Hey, thank you. It's silly, and that's what it should be. Silly and short, which (laughs) Shakespeare is usually long and boring, so... (laughs)